Wait, I'm speaking the whole episode in Sentinel, and I'm just going to be like, destroy. Destroy. Like, instead of saying, destroy. This is Maddie. It's like, <laughs> destroy, 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 destroy. <laughs> oh, my God. We can't do that. Not even as a joke, because it's 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 like two seconds of that, and I'm already like, no, that can't that can't happen anymore. I, I don't That's know over. what you're talking about. That's not annoying at all. It is very cute in this episode that the Sentinel can only say the word destroy. I like that I messaged you while I was watching this. Yeah, you were like, you're going to think this is hilarious. And you were right. I did. <laughs> and then it was sad. It, then it becomes like the fucking Iron Giant. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know we were going to go this direction. Yeah, I know. Well... I don't know. I felt like they foreshadowed it pretty hard, to be fair. Not in a bad way. I just was like, clearly this isn't going to work out. Like, I know. You can't, you can't have a pet sentinel. Not in this world. That's not going to work out. Like it's Also, Charles Xavier is there. And as long as he's there, nothing mm-hmm. works correctly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what, though? I've gone back to not liking him anymore. Yeah. What is this show, by the way? Uh, This is The Mutant Ages. And I'm Maddie, <laughs> incidentally. And this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. Who are you, though? Destroy. Destroy. Back when we were young. <laughs> okay, do the whole theme song. Destroy, destroy, destroy. By the way, I, I, I'm Ryan. This is the Mutant Ages, and we review every adaptation of the X-Men ever. And sometimes we speak only in Sentinel. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. episode is good it is called rover it is the 21st episode and i recommend it do you want to know why it's good it's because we went back to the future back to the future and um (laughs) i don't know what is with me today (laughs) listen i'm just always going i never stop i never sleep whatever so this show really could have just been this future show and i agree this is the episode where i was like you know what i don't have any problem with them going back and forth between the past and the future. Obviously, since the last episode, I feel like there could have been a less clunky way of achieving this. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do feel like they could have done this show in the future as the main story of the show. And them yes. basically doing Horizon Zero Dawn and finding like the memories or footage of what happened yes. in the past. Absolutely. And that would have been a much more interesting show. And like piecing it together. Because these episodes are so good when it goes in the future. And then Absolutely. it will go back to the past and be like, oh, here's Logan and Scott fighting or fucking. We're not really sure what's happening here. And like... <laughs> 
I don't know. <laughs> well, it's also like there are, to clarify, there are some storylines in the past or the present day, whatever we want to call it, that I do like. I mean, I think all the MRD stuff has been really good. And that's most yeah. of what the episodes are that we like that are set back there. However, none of that turns out to really be relevant in the way that you think it is. It's kind of like a red herring. Well, that's overstating it, I suppose. But it's almost like all the Senator Kelly stuff is kind of secondary and they think that's the reason that the apocalypse is going to happen, but it turns out. Okay, for the record, I like that that's the twist they go for. Me too, me too. But I wish that they did a better job setting up the twist because as it is now, it almost doesn't feel like a twist because it's so underbaked. Like it feels like a twist to us because we've spent the entire season analyzing every storyline. But like if I were watching this live, I feel like I would just be confused and like, and lost. Not even remembering like what what happened before and being like, wait, what? Well, that is how I felt the first time I watched this. Because the mansion blowing up happened so long ago and almost no one has ever been talking about it. So it's like, there's no way you could even guess that that was a clue. And like, you might argue like, oh, that's a good thing. They really delayed the twist and like they're really surprising you and I'm like no you don't want to be that surprised like you don't want to be like confused about what they're even referring to like yeah you know what I'm saying yes when we finish up this season and we do our review and our thoughts and stuff I think what I want to do is have a sit down and be like okay what episodes don't need to be here and then yes what episodes are good and then create like a watch list for listeners although at this point they probably listened yeah probably watched all the episodes alongside us but like <laughs> For future listeners to be like, okay, here's what would have worked. Yeah. And we already know that if we cut all the Logan storylines, it already becomes a much better show. Yes. Although, to be fair, that's only like three episodes. I mean, really the problem with Wolverine and the X-Men is Wolverine. I know. <laughs> like, can you even believe that? Oh yeah. my God. I mean, sometimes that works really well as a character thing, though. Like in this episode and many other episodes where Logan is kind of a bad leader and he's like sort of keeping secrets from the team, but you understand why. I like that stuff. That's not my problem with it. My my issue is that whenever we go and get distracted by whichever Logan's lost memories and exes, which are sometimes and often the same thing, it's like it's not so good. distracting. It's not good. Anything with Sabretooth, anything with Weapon X. That's sad, though. That entire episode in, at the Japanese embassy doesn't need to be there at all. Like, it's just not important at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just really weird how we got here. So I don't know. I feel like... I want to retell this show, but like from the future and then getting certain scenes from the past that was like, what was the thing that drove this thing to happen? See, that would help a lot because I feel like already this episode feels like a retcon because suddenly they're like, okay, so remember the Polaris episode a few weeks ago? Now we're saying that that has to do with the Phoenix. And I'm like, really? Because even the footage you're showing me doesn't show that. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, they, it, Xavier I don't know. I didn't feel like it, it fully listen, worked. We're going to get to it because it's towards <laughs> the beginning of this episode in which Xavier's just going to be like, yes. you know what? We just have to kill everyone. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And he's like, we got to kill Gene, like ASAP. And Logan is like, uh, <laughs> all, right, all right, hold on, hold on. So I guess previously on the X-Men, I guess you have to recap the whole fucking show for this episode. Yeah. But okay, so we're in the future because after the mansion blew up, everyone thought Xavier and Jean Grey was dead. They are not. Jean Grey is in a coma without her memories, which is an X-Men staple. So is Xavier, it turns out. Xavier's in a coma for 20 fucking years. Well, Xavier's in a snow white glass coffin 
and he's talking to Logan from save points on Cerebro in the future. Mm-hmm. And in the future, it's been overrun by Sentinels. There's not many people. There aren't even humans left. They've been assimilated like the Borg. Uh, we also have yep. the few mutants that are left. And Xavier is working with Bishop, Domino, Marrow, Hellion, Berserker, and Vanisher, and Kamal. And Kamal. Kamal is in one shot randomly, and I had to look up what his name was because I didn't remember. I, okay, I love the future X-Men. I think Me it's too. such a random and weird team. And it's I, so random. I love how much Vanisher gets to do in this episode. I was like, damn, let's get some Vanisher in well, there. Well, all the other X-Men are dead, so their yep. new teleporter isn't Blinker Kurt. It's Vanisher because he's the only one yep. who survived. And in the past, there's all this shit happening politically where Senator Kelly has opened up Operation Wide Awake, where people are being dragged out of their homes and put into concentration camps because they're mutants, and the X-Men are fighting against this. Warren's dad was going to fund the cure, but now that's not happening because of all the shit that went down between Warren and his dad. But also, it's kind of too late. I mean, they don't continue with the storyline because the show gets canceled, but the implication from what Senator Kelly said was, it's already too late. We've already got the cure at this point. Yeah. Go ahead and feel bad, Mr. Worthington. And he just looks out the window, sadly. And that's how that episode ends. That, that episode was a real doozy. So, I mean, yep. I guess that's all the points you need to know. Besides that, Logan's managing the X-Men poorly, poorly. and Scott yep. is not. <laughs> and nobody knows where Gene is. Although Scott and Emma had a therapy session last week where... Emma was able to see into Scott's memories and Scott was like, hit the pause button on my brain. I need to look at this. And we see that Jean Grey is turned into the Phoenix, but he doesn't seem to recognize that it seems like the Phoenix has not manifested in her before. However, Xavier in this episode is going to reveal that he does know the Phoenix, which is very strange because I feel like we're doing both X3 and also what happens in the comic books where it's like the Phoenix is Jean, but also it isn't Jean, but it is, but it isn't depending on if she gets to be a feminist or not. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think in this version, it's Jean. Because remember in the previous episode, we had that moment where Xavier and Magneto were fighting and Magneto was like, you're suppressing Jean's real powers. No, I know. So like, I thought maybe that was the Phoenix. I See, I want to agree with that too, but we're about to meet the entire Hellfire Club that's like, we got to channel the cosmic entity, the Phoenix, into the cuckoos and then into like Emma Frost and then like bounces around and like, it's been around for years. And okay. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I don't know. So I guess Jean is just this really powerful telepath, and also Xavier already knows about the Phoenix, but that doesn't make any sense then that he already knows about it. Or maybe maybe Xavier doesn't know that the Phoenix is a separate entity, and he thinks the Phoenix is Jean, mm. and that, that astral flyer he keeps saying, he's just like, well, that's Jean Grey, and not understanding that there's another entity inside of her sharing that body. Right. That would explain why he's like, we just have to kill Gene and then this will be over, which is his conclusion in this episode, which is false, by the way. Killing Gene isn't going to stop the Phoenix. But anyway, doesn't matter. No, but you know who the Phoenix is currently in the comic books and has been for a while? It's not Gene Grey. Yeah, you've told me this. I've just forgotten. It's Echo. Yeah, Echo. Echo, Echo, which is actually pretty cool. Echo, Echo, Echo. She seems to be handling it a little bit better. She hasn't eaten any planets yet. Jean Grey, on the other hand, it's funny. I had an ex who was like, the best part about Jean Grey and the Phoenix is that she's always got a plan for the Phoenix. And I'm like, okay, but she's the only one that gets inhabited by the Phoenix and she destroys entire galaxies because she's like mad at Scott. (laughs) I feel like she's also too powerful or something. It's like it breaks her every single time and she just has to use it. Yeah, that might be that. It's like kind of like if Wanda 
had the fe- oh god if Wanda had Ugh. both her reality powers and the phoenix powers <laughs> why would you even say that that's so upsetting I want that comic book that what if if Wanda became the phoenix because that just sounds like terrible terrifying that's just the end of the world that's a really quick what if comic like we thought multiverse of madness she was bad no she it would be so much worse she would like accidentally destroy the universe and herself in one go and then it would be oh, like yeah. she'd well, walk over she'd be like do you have children why yes he's like well at least I'll have somebody to go home to later that's not you yeah you know what it is I know <laughs> like how that's your interpretation of that line <laughs> tell us someone to go home to later that's not you yeah, that's the epic line she says in that uh, movie. No, the epic line is why it's like they'll have someone to raise them. Yes, I don't know oh, why that's, yeah, that's your go-to for this. Because scenario. that's a good line. Anyway, let's talk about this show. In the future, everyone's clothes have changed because we're changing time in the future. It's not really explained how this works, but you know, it's not. But also, there are a couple other things that are different, and this is also an episode where Xavier acknowledges that things have actually changed. By the way, he's like. Logan's delayed the war. And also, we see trees for the first time in this episode. And I was like, oh, trees are back. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. So I was like, I think some things have actually changed. And Xavier's just using the save points. So he remembers the time changed. But Bishop doesn't. So he's been on Cerebro every time and getting all the information again, basically. Correct. I mean, he is now wearing Cerebro as a backpack everywhere he goes, and he's wearing the helmet everywhere. So anytime... This is interesting, because this is doing this before... Krakoa? I know. Krakoa age? So, like, this show really invented that concept. I mean, I don't know if it's happened before this show. I'd be curious. Honestly, it probably has, but not to this extent. Yeah. Like, this is Xavier walking and wearing Cerebro all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting when you look at it from that vantage point, where it's like, this is like an early version of the the X-Men we know now, and they're fighting the Sentinels. They're fighting Robot Takeover, which is also Krakoa. Is that I'm trying to change the future. Honestly, oh yeah. Pretty right? similar. It's, oh wow, it's a very similar plot line. Yeah. Very similar. Not in I a bad really way. Think I mean, that. again, I feel like it's worth noting this is kind of our favorite plot line from this show, and it's why we like Krakoa, because it's like this is a storyline with some actual stakes. So it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. But and it's also oh. like this is an interesting version of Xavier. I do think he's a lot. He's a lot more sympathetic on this show than he is in Krakoa, intentionally so. I mean, Krakoa is the the version of Xavier where they really lean into how manipulative he is, which is another reason why we like it. But this episode, Xavier's oh pretty manipulative. Oh my God, I know. It's so. beautiful. Jonathan Hickman came in and he was like, listen, Xavier's <laughs> a piece a of shit up person. and everyone here is gay. And then he's like, I'm only going to hire like... Queer, queer writers yeah <laughs> like, or okay. rather it's also just that this version of the x-men is so gay that every writer has to just kind of go with it from now you know like you can't you can't put that cat back in the bag right anywho so what's happening we got marrow marrow's being chased by a sentinel and she's using some spikes to you know kind of debilitate it as she's running through this dilapidated future city by herself or so we think by herself well she's also not really hitting it we're like why is she missing so much and it's really because she's purposely trying not to damage it. Yeah. She's leading it into an alleyway where there's another sentinel waiting, a really beat up sentinel. This is the sentinel that 
Lorna created. Yes. I mean, we don't know that yet. They try to make it seem like this Sentinel's going to kill her by having it turn to her and say destroy. And then we get the <laughs> we get the intro. The and, opening credits is like right. really dramatically. Yeah, but then we come back and we're like, oh, this is the Sentinel that Lorna gave them and he's their friend. It's just that the only word he can say is destroy, which is extremely which is cute. Adorable. Um, so the old Sentinel, whose name is Rover, because they Marrow named it. This is a real character in the comic books by the way i love him he's perfect but there's no there's no spotlight on him because or her i mean it's a robot so we can't make that judgment but it does have like a male presenting voice yeah so although now that you say that i thought it was very interesting at the end when marrow refers to master mold as he as a he i was like i mean i guess whatever (laughs) like fair point like i don't know the robots don't really think about gender the way humans do so sure i guess that's true that's true but i want to say that rover in the comic books because there's no spotlight today it's way too short but there's like during the grant morrison run there's a four-part issue that goes into the future and of course it's like which future are we in they're always different but there's always sentinels or apocalypse and this one has the sentinels or mm-hmm. they did and most of them are gone but there's this one remaining sentinel that is rover and it's an ai that's fully identifies and knows that it's an ai and has come to just be itself like it's it's not being programmed anymore. Yeah, it's not a Borg or whatever. And Rover is on the side of the X-Men yep. in that. Which is similar to this, where Rover is also on the side of the future X-Men in this. But it, Marrow is not the main character that he's with. I forget the name of this character because it was this mutant they made up. Like a different hacker character? Yeah, that was like in the future. And I think he had like some variant of Forge's powers. Okay. It was really cool, though. I really enjoyed that story arc. I, I recommend it. But I always tell people to go read new X-Men anyway. So. Well, when did those come out? Were, was this first or was that first? That was like the early 2000s. We're looking like 2000, 2005. Then I think it's fair to say that the writers of this show probably read those. And then they were like a couple years later, yeah. let's adapt that with Marrow. Well, a lot of the stuff in this was from that. Like a lot of this is Grant Morrison's run, but like mm-hmm. told in a really weird way. But I think it works. I really like this episode. Oh, me too. I was going to say, thankfully, I don't think Joss Whedon happened yet. No, he did because we have Tildy Soames on this show. Remember? Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Speaking of which, there's this rumor going around where people are like, all right, I'm pretty sure that Joss Whedon's X-Men is going to be the one they're going to use for the MCU. And I'm like, no, it's not. Number one, Kevin Feige has already stated that there's going to be two teams, one led by Scott, one led by Storm. And Storm is not even in those comics. Also, I'm pretty sure Marvel is done with anything that Joss Whedon has created because like, they got a lot of backlash after that whole Ultron thing with Black Widow. Yeah, I don't think they want to deal with him anymore. Yeah, and also, like, wasn't he, like, hard to work with? I don't think they want to do that again. I don't think anybody does, but that's Joss Whedon's problem. I'm just going to shut down that (laughs) rumor right now. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds wrong. Also, you can't just, like, randomly start Emma Frost with the X-Men without her having that character arc where she goes from good to bad they're not gonna fucking skip that i'm sorry bad to good bad to good well i don't know this show does no not really though oh i uh, maybe because this show kind of goes back and is like actually she was bad the whole time we haven't gotten there yet but well no she wasn't really bad the whole time on this show because i think she did have like a school well she had ulterior motives the whole time sure which were the phoenix based but i think she legitimately wanted to help mutants that's always been emma's thing yeah i mean i i think though that it is going to be framed as a betrayal 
portrayal when we get there, but... Well, she is, and she's going to show up, and she's like, but I really loved you, Scott. And Scott will be like, but Jean's alive, and I can't manage any of my feelings with her being around. I can't I can't have feelings for you and Logan and Jean. I mean, you and Jean. <laughs> so that's why she has to die. That's the main reason. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, so opening credits. Uh, so Mara's between the two Sentinels, and she's all like the fuck is happening here but she actually knows exactly what's happening here which is that she brought the new sentinel to the old sentinel as a training mission for him and she just kind of has a facial expression that's misleading at first where she's like oh no and then we like get back to normal and Mero's like so anyway I'm in charge here (laughs) well that's because Rover blasts off the head of the other sentinel and Mero sarcastically is like another headshot Rover really and Rover looks sadly when he goes destroyed (laughs) It's hilarious. And she's just like, oh, don't worry about it. But she, she has to she has to give him a little lecture about how they want its vocal modulator. And that's in the head. And that's why they don't want to destroy it because she's scavenging for parts. And then we get Bishop and Xavier walking up and Bishop is mad. And he's like, why are you still bushwhacking Sentinels? I told you it's not the way to scavenge parts for Rover. And Marrow is just like not listening to him at all and like sort of talking to herself and like looking at the parts and being like, maybe the headshot did us a favor. And Bishop is like, what? Are you listening to me? And she says yes, but she's still not talking to him, which I thought was like a fun turn where she's like yes and bishop is like good and she's like the chest lens isn't cracked that's always the first to go rover twist it out of there and rover excitedly is like destroy and it's like really cute (laughs) and bishop has this line where he's like aren't x-men supposed to listen to their leader and xavier just chuckles in the background which i actually enjoyed that for what it's worth i I did wasn't annoyed at xavier there well this scene i actually wasn't annoyed with xavier i thought it was pretty cool that he was yeah supporting this but then like he becomes such an asshole later that I'm like, oh my god, what happened? I it's know. like he's like immediately like he found a way to suddenly become his old self again. And I was like, wow, well, yeah. there goes that. Well, because <laughs> so Bishop is like, this girl's so bullheaded, she's putting way too much trust into that walking pile of wreckage. And Xavier's like, perhaps, but I can see why she's befriended him. He listens to her. Yeah. And Bishop's like, it's a robot, Charles. And Xavier says to us, which I thought was really nice. It's like- I do too. Kind of sweet that Marrow and and, uh, Rover have this friendship together, which is what's going to really yank the old heartstrings when- Rover sacrifices himself for the team at the climax of this episode. Oh my god. I know. That's like a whole sad scene. I know. So they replace the chess piece and then Bishop says that there's going to be more Sentinels coming because if one blows up, I think it sends off a signal that's I'm like... I'm sure it does. <laughs> it's there's, like some, there's some mutants alarm, here. Alarm. Mutant alarm. Yeah. Right. I, this, Rover does something where he doesn't respond. Yeah. Rover like sits with Marrow instead of listening to Bishop when Bishop is like, okay, let's get out of here. And Marrow's like, yeah. okay, just because you've seen me ignore Bishop doesn't mean you you can which and I then liked. she pauses and she's like rover and rover is like <laughs> destroy and like picks her up and like walks away and it's like very cute i loved him i i wish rova would stay on this show maybe he would have come back in season two i don't know because he is a robot you could reboot him he is and like in theory they could repair him but he really gets the shit kicked out of him like he gets hit like a trillion i mean times. I, they're trying to make it seem really devastating they're like all right the stakes are high we can't show somebody die but we can show a robot die uh (laughs) we go back in the past for this this scene where logan's waiting in the snow white room for xavier and cyclops walks in and the gay shit's about to go down 
where I was like, the, I, what is happening? And Logan goes, gotta watch Summers. And Scott's like, he's late. I know. And Scott's like, not when you've been telling me where to go and when to be there. And Logan goes, believe me, I haven't even begun to tell you where to go. And I was like, this is really gay. gay. Like, this is gay. It's funny, though. I loved it. He's like, wait until I tell you later to suck my dick it's It's also like weird and funny for logan to continue to try to be the top in their relationship because it doesn't really suit them but also you get why it's happening it's like they're both sort of upset about it scott is back to being the bratty sub and logan has to be like god damn it i gotta do everything around here like i gotta tell you where to go when to suck my dick when to wear your costume Logan's like listen i just want some cock man (laughs) i keep on going out to the woods looking for saber tooth but i keep on finding like the wendigo random teenage girls who need my help or the wendigo (laughs) (laughs) anyway so they check in on xavier Lucas just screams, Charles, are you there? <laughs> it is funny. And then we get to see in the future that Xavier just like hears the message instantly, which also means that any other time Logan's asked for him, he heard it and ignored it, which is pretty funny, by the way. That is pretty funny. Well, like Xavier's busy running away from Sentinels. I know. And I'm anyway, kind of surprised he picks up the phone here. Like, I, I don't know if I would, but he's like, all right, Logan. Yeah, you know what? That's exactly what it's like. Xavier's like, hold on, I have to take this call. And then he goes back in the past. And Bishop knows what it is. Like, Bishop at least is totally familiar with what's going on. And he's like, okay, well, be careful because you're like totally vulnerable when you're talking on the phone with Logan. Right. So Xavier goes over to the astral plane and Scott's with Logan. Yes. And Xavier's like, well, this is a surprise. I know. He's like, so what's going on here? And yep. like, Scott's like, I have to tell you something. And Xavier's like, what is it? And Scott's like, I can't do it. I, I <laughs> he don't starts know. like and stuttering and he's like, well, uh, it's not that bad. I just want to say that preliminarily. Whatever you're about to see, it's not that bad. And we shouldn't kill Gene. We don't even get that part. <laughs> Maddie just added all that. Xavier okay, but it is, is funny. like listening to Scott stutter and Xavier goes, bitch, I'm just going to go in your mind and get the memories myself, yep. which he does. He and does he gets do to see that. Gene turned into the phoenix and this is really funny because Xavier's like so Gene is the one who caused the explosion and Scott's like uh no I don't know what you're talking about and I was like Scott. It's like funny, but it's also sad because it's because Scott knows exactly what Xavier's going to say. Xavier's just immediately going to be like, okay, we got to kill Gene. Like Scott knows where this is going, which is really yeah. tragic. Like he's used to being around Xavier as like a parent figure. Well, I mean, Scott gets taken out of the, the conversation a minute. But which is also manipulative as fuck, but whatever. Well, I mean, the, Xavier's back to his bullshit again. So Xavier's like, I've seen this psychic power fire before. I fear yeah. Gene has a bigger role in her fates than ever imagined. Imagine. And Logan's like, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, what do you mean? he's like, where have you seen this before? And Xavier's like, oh, I saw it in, in Lorna's memories when she saw the world get destroyed. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> and Xavier's like, yeah, you know, in the animation scene that we showed for like a second. Yeah. And they show it to us again. And by the way, the Phoenix is not in the sky in this version of it either. Like, yeah. they just show fire. It could just be a fire. I feel like they should have added in the Phoenix if they want me to believe the Phoenix is destroying Genosha. Unless it's not. Okay. But unless he's still wrong. You know what I mean? Like, if it's I mean, not I don't know if the Gene. show is going to explain that or not, but I don't know if they have time to, but we'll find out. Yeah. And Scott's like, wait, you're saying that Gene caused the apocalypse, not the war? What's going on? And Xavier just like freezes Scott Cyclops mid scream. And Logan's <laughs> like, okay, what the fuck? 
fuck is happening? And Xavier's like, I needed to speak to you privately. Only you can do what I'm about to ask you to do. I've known Jean very well, and only during great stress does her powers actually manifest. And Logan's like, what the fuck are you saying now? Xavier's <laughs> like, the war, Logan. I firmly believe it's what pushes her to lash out. And if you stop the war, you will stop Jean. So you have to kill Senator Kelly. You have to kill Warren's dad. You have to kill Sybil Zane. You have to kill Trask. You have to kill every single politician in the world right now. And <laughs> <laughs> Logan is like, well, that's probably not going to stop the war. And Xavier's like, then I guess you have to kill Gene. Sorry. No, no Logan <laughs> goes for a third time when he's like, I still don't know what the fuck you're saying. Are you fucking crazy right now? And Xavier's like, listen, if that doesn't work, you have to kill Gene. And that will stop my future from happening. And Logan's like, what? Why are you trying to kill like every single person now? Like, why are we doing this? And Xavier's like, well, don't worry. You're a monster anyway. So, you know. It also, like, to be fair, I mean, Ryan is adding in those suggestions from Charles. He is pretty explicit about killing Gene. But, like... He doesn't really have good suggestions on how Logan is supposed to stop the war. Like, he doesn't actually no. say. He's just like, yeah, you know, prevent the MRDs from, like, starting a war. And Logan is like, how am I supposed to do that? And he's like, well, if you can't do that, you have to kill Gene. And Logan's like, wait, you didn't give me any <laughs> advice at all. And Xavier's like, like, I gotta go. And he just hangs up. <laughs> And Logan's like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to prevent any of this shit from happening. And then Scott wakes back up and Scott is like, why'd the call get cut off? And Logan is just like, I I mean, that happens sometimes, which honestly was like a fair (laughs) response. Because I was like, I don't even know what I would say. And then then they leave because they're like, well, we can't do anything right now. So let's go bang in the other room. We get this out of the way so we can... Go kill all these politicians. Well, but I also, like, I feel like Scott. Also, wait, this is the first time that they've even referenced. Okay, hold on. Wait, <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. In the last episode, they they still don't know that Gene's alive. I like, know, Scott I know, I knew know exactly alive, what you Xavier were going to say next. He's yep. now been like, Gene's thought. alive somewhere. Kill her, and they're like, wait, what? what? <laughs> I mean, first of all, they haven't even said those words that Gene's alive. So they're kind of relying on the viewer to already know that, which we do, but like the characters don't. And it's like as though they've forgotten the characters don't know that or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I feel like we need to have a moment where we all process that Jean's still alive somewhere and that we need to like find her before we get to kill Jean. But we're like skipping that entirely. And it's like, okay, just kill Jean. And like, Scott doesn't even know she's alive in the first place. Scott's like, Jean? I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Like, also, Logan himself doesn't really have a reaction other than just screaming what's going on, which is fair. I mean, what more reaction can you have to this? <laughs> well, we don't spend any more time with Scott and Logan in this episode. That's it. Tragic. That's the end. I know. We go back to the future and we stay there for the rest of the episode. Right. Again, this is another episode that doesn't have jokes. It's just like pretty dismal. Yeah. I mean, aside from Scott and Logan talking about how Scott doesn't own a watch, which was very funny. I mean, that was right. our jokes for the whole episode. And after that, it's nothing. And I, other than Rover saying destroy in different tones of voice, I would count I that guess, as a joke. I guess it's Rover is kind of comic relief at points. Because right now... Well, they're going to kill him off. So they're going to twist the knife. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Well, Mara's got like this children's book. She's yeah, like, C-spot it's for Apple. Yeah, right? And so... She's like, can you say that? And Rover's like, destroy, destroy, destroy. <laughs> and Rover's like, never mind. Uh. <laughs> and then Rover hears something. He hears yeah. some other sentinels in the distance and he he kind of starts saying destroy in like a panicked voice. And Marrow can like tell what's going on. And she's like, okay, lift me up. And they like look way off in the distance. 
and we see um, closer up like these Wolverine Sentinels, the the like dog Sentinels, like leaping around. Yeah, yeah. And then they suddenly turn towards the direction of Marrow and Rover, and like sense them somehow or hear them or something, and then they start running. By the way, Marrow and Rover are in the woods right now. That's what was so surprising to me was that I was like, "There's trees again." So no, you're right. That's kind of also neat. the animation of the robot dogs is fucking terrifying. I know it is. They do some really cool animation. I like they do the silhouettes of the dogs. Yeah, and they're always like clicking and whirring and being creepy as hell. The, when they're when they're coming after Xavier later, they're making this shrieking noise. It's yeah. really cool. Like it is I cool. fucking they're love creepy. these weird robot dogs that now exist, but yeah. they are awesome. And then Marrow says night night to Rover, and this is this is what they're doing. They go back to the base, which is that cave. Yeah. And so everybody's running into the cave and Mero hides Rover behind a big curtain, which is really funny to it me. It is really funny because I'm like, where the hell do they get a huge curtain to hide Rover also, behind? Also, like, how do they not see this giant robot behind the big curtain? I don't know. I guess, I guess the curtain is like, I don't know. It's like one of those tarps or something that's like metal or something so it's like disguising everything it makes no fucking sense yeah, they don't explain it right if he's behind a curtain they can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know how it goes uh so vanisher pops in front of bishop says they have to go into lockdown and they're like but where's xavier which is a great question because yes. like he's in the city by himself xavier's been on the phone with logan for like 30 minutes well why wouldn't bishop stay with him i don't know that doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't it doesn't i feel like xavier just went back into the city and is immediately getting himself attacked by the cyber dog pack that's streaking at him mm-hmm. i mean that's that's the next scene is xavier back at the city walking back after having his phone call but he's all alone and he's be approached by the Wolverine Sentinels who all surround him and start screaming. And then we get a dramatic commercial break where it seems like Xavier's going to fucking die. And then we come back and Charles is like grabbing a piece of rebar and like smashing the Sentinel on its head. Yeah, well, there's like, we had a we had a well-placed commercial break time to be yes, like, that's right. He's going to die. <laughs> yeah. And during that commercial break, we get to see the new video game, which is apt for this episode called Horizon Zero Hope. <laughs> And we get to play as Hope, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, you play as Hope, and Cable's in there, and he's like your dad that's training you, and you have to fight Honestly, all the robots. that kind of is the premise of Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not No, not I know. The I'm saying, I'm saying, when I, when I played Horizon Zero Dawn, I was like, this is just Cable and Hope. Am I wrong? <laughs> like, You're not wrong. I wish that's what that game was. Oh, well. Yeah. And people rejecting her in the future, too. Still works out. Bishop yep. shows up, tries to kill her. I don't know. Yeah. It's all kind of in there. There's just a whole bunch of other storytelling. Yeah, that's true. Anywho, uh, we come back. Charles is using the piece of rebar to fight back, but obviously it's not going to work. I'm glad you remembered what it was called because I couldn't remember the Yeah, it's word like that rebar. piece of metal so that like, goes into concrete. Like metal with concrete rock. <laughs> Do you know you've heard it called rebar though? You know what I'm talking about. I have. About. I just couldn't remember the. You know when you have those brain farts and you're like, I can't remember this word to describe what this is. How often do you need to hear the word rebar? I mean, we're not construction workers, so not often. But that's what it's called. Which is such a stupid word for it because rebar just sounds like a fucking candy. But whatever. It kind of does. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Halloween's coming. I'm gonna get some rebar. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> tasty. <laughs> Only because it has bar at the end. Um. So then, luckily. Xavier would die except that Vanisher teleports Bishop back over there and the two of them are like come on Charles 
what are you doing right now? And then they just teleport him away. And it's like, why didn't you guys do that to begin with? Like, what? I know. It's really funny because Bishop looks so annoyed. He's like, yeah. I told you to be careful, bitch. And Xavier's like, oh. Well, but it's like, how could he really have been careful? Like, he was. Well, why did you leave him in the city with the robots is my question. I mean, maybe they should have left him with Vanisher because then Vanisher could teleport him back to wherever the rest of them were. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, it just feels like this plan didn't really make sense. It didn't really make sense. I mean, they left this guy that's got fake legs on by himself. And he's the oldest guy of all of them. And I mean, yeah, his fake legs are pretty good. But like Xavier's not a fighter. Like this old man shouldn't be smacking Sentinels with rebar. Like, I'm sorry, but like that's not in his tool set. I mean, it was pretty cool to see Xavier do something that wasn't just sitting there and manipulating other people with his brain. I did appreciate that. Well, he can't manipulate the Sentinels, so he has to hit them with rebar but i was right. kind of like this guy's gonna die like he's old like how old is he? he's gotta be 70 at least we don't ever even see xavier when he was young and running around fighting like that like that's just something he wasn't doing yeah we never really see that on this show he was busy having money and like being able to go <laughs> okay, to things while point. magneto was like in a concentration camp you know yeah xavier was uh busy having money that's what he was doing <laughs> in the past <laughs> And no parents as, as in first class. Yeah, you're right. He had no parents. So really, you know, his life was hard. He did fight in at least one war. I'll give him that credit. That's true. That's true. So they go back to the cave and Bishop is like, where's Marrow? And Hellion says that she's out with Rover. So Bishop tells them to seal the entrance because, mm-hmm. you know, Marrow's good. She's she's with the robot. And Hellion doesn't want to do it. Hellion's like, come on, we got to wait for Marrow. And Bishop's like, she's not going to leave the robot. She's going to hide behind that weird curtain. <laughs> like, let's just do this. Yeah. And it's actually a pretty cool scene because it is the, scary. the robot dogs show up and they're watching them through the curtain. We don't actually see the robots. No, we see the shadows of them. Like yeah, through the light through the curtain and it's fucking terrifying because they're like clicking around and like looking yeah, and scanning. It's and so fucking cool. It's Horizon Zero Dawn still. It is. I mean, it's literally that's the tutorial literally. mission is the fucking robot dogs that you have to get past. That took me a while to beat. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. You know, okay. stealth games, not really my thing. Yeah, anyway, uh, I get that. Rover I get quietly that. is like destroy and then the robot <laughs> looks at them i thought it was really funny that he kept whispering destroy and marrow's like shut up <laughs> and like the <laughs> dogs are like scanning and they're like who's whispering destroy we can hear something but that one dog like looks right at them and then looks back and you see marrow sweating yeah. and then they then they leave and then I Bishop know. walks out like two seconds after they leave. And like I was like, was he just out there later. with them? Like what? I, and he's like, anyway, they're gone. I think it was just supposed to be like a bunch of time passed. And it was just that you think that it drawing back the curtain is one of the robot dogs, but it's actually Bishop being like, all clear. You know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those yeah. like smash yeah. cut situations where it's like purposefully a deceptive cut. It's it's Bishop, the dog robot Bishop. Yeah. Bishop comes out and he's like, woof. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's not. It's normal Bishop. It's human Bishop. And he's like, hey, everything's chill now. And um, I'm sorry. So imagine Bishop is like now a furry. Also, there's like a all dog version of the X-Men. Everybody would be really cute as dogs. I feel like that exists. There's definitely an all cat version of the X-Men because people love that shit. Yeah, I'm sure. So Marrow gets all pissy. She runs at Xavier and she goes, they must have followed you here. Ever since you showed up, Master Ball has been gunning for you. It's not fair to the rest of us. Why did she just fucking leave? And I was like, I don't know, Mary. You kind of have like a solid point there. Yeah, she also makes a spike and like holds it to Xavier's 
neck and she's like, I'm going to fucking kill you because you're putting the whole team in danger. And Xavier's like, yeah, shrugging. <laughs> and then Bishop's like, Mero, go to your room. And she's like, fine. And she stomps over to her curtains. That basically is what he says. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> it is really funny because they're also like, okay, go to your room. And we see her. They watch her go behind the curtain. And then they proceed to have a conversation about her as if she can't fucking hear it it's like i know and it's like this is a conversation that like she is gonna be pissed off at uh so bishop is like wow and to think i wondered why her only friend is a robot which bishop is being rude in this episode as well but he's being rude in the way (laughs) that like an annoyed manager gets rude and i can relate to that where he's just like can everyone fucking stop throwing a tantrum we need to survive out here (laughs) and like I get that. I have been there. I understand. <laughs> In a much lower <laughs> stakes environment of managing people at work, I understand this. Oh, yeah, same. Or directing a show, much closer to that feeling. Absolutely. Where it's like, everybody just shut the fuck up. We need to get this done. <laughs> um, and Xavier's like, I do understand her feelings. This is a world none of us should have to live in. And Bishop's like, speaking of which, you spoke to Wolverine. Have you talked to my boyfriend, Wolverine? Hey, and this one, it turns out he's not just boyfriend, but like daddy kind of or like older brother yeah older brother slash love interest i don't know anyway xavier's like logan's delayed the war but obviously he's not prevented it now i fear the countdown to zero hour has already begun if only logan knew the exact time the very moment the sky fills with fire perhaps that would help and bishop is like i have an idea so this is weird because they they I just don't see how that helps Logan. I mean, that is the entire point of this episode, but I'm not totally... The way he phrased it is weird. What Xavier actually needs to know is what set Gene off, like what historical event... Yeah, or when. Yeah, fair enough. Because right now he's got nothing to give Logan. He literally Skyped him in the astral plane. It was like... Gene's alive, but let's skip that part. Gene's alive, beats dubs and also kill her so she doesn't stay alive. We're like, uh... <laughs> and they look over at the original Sentinel Center, which is like... It's just conveniently where they are. Uh, there's a Sentinel Center, and they talk about how Master Mold first came there. It's the original Sentinel Center. Yeah. So they're really in the right place. Like, right. very, very conveniently. I mean, lucky for them. Right? I mean, I kind of wonder if this is why Bishop chose this location, though, because I bet in his head he was like, this is an important center for them, and maybe we can make use of that. Well, it's going to reveal that he was trapped there for a long time. Yeah. The same center is exactly where... Okay, that that's like a dark scene. We'll get I know, there. I know. So Bishop explains that it likely has the records of the world from when it was first created. And so they're like, okay, we need to raid it, but we need a big distraction. And Bishop is like, well, you know, Rover's big enough. And Meryl like runs out. She's like, do you fucking forget I was here? She's like, you can forget about it, Bishop. You actually want to send Rover in to fight five Sentinels? And Bishop's like, dude, he's a robot. He can just blow them up. And Meryl's like, yeah, he fought one. It's too dangerous. And Bishop's like, this isn't your pet, Meryl. And Meryl's like, no, he isn't. He's one of us. And his life is worth more than some crazy plan to help this piece of shit, Xavier. And Bishop's like... I don't need your permission. No, Gil, get ready, and we're leaving at 10. And Xavier goes to talk to Sarah, and mm. Mero pulls out, like, another spike and holds it to her throat. And she's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, yeah. don't talk to me. Which, again, I was on her side. I was like, Xavier, why are you trying to talk to this person I don't who know. hates you? I don't know. But I got to say, I fucking love that they put Mero in this show, and they just did such a good job with her. Like, Yeah, she's, you know, she's great. And she's very... Um, sympathetic in this episode because it's like you the viewer can't help but feel for Rover in all these moments and like 
he ends up having his own agency and being like, I want to help the team in so many words. Destroy, destroy. Yeah, you know, he's like, destroy. It's like, what'd you eat for breakfast today? Destroy. <laughs> I mean, he's a robot. He doesn't need to eat anything for breakfast. <laughs> you don't, wait, you don't need. <laughs> Sorry, just imagine with like a giant bowl that's full of screws. And yeah, it's just like, like bolts and screws and he's like chewing on them. Oh, it doesn't even go to his mouth because he doesn't have a mouth. So he puts it up to his mouth because Mara's trying to teach him how to eat. And so it just like smashes against <laughs> his face. Why would you do that? wasting your time having fun oh my god uh, so they go to the base they go to this facility and bishop's checking in with marrow and at first she's not answering and she's like yeah yeah whatever yeah and so bishop is like okay we're clearly ready and i'm going to ignore all the reluctance in marrow's voice and assume that she's going to do exactly what i told her to do and that's kind of funny on <laughs> bishop's part but i don't again i don't blame him he's 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 being optimistic even though yeah. all signs point to marrow rebelling and being like i'm not gonna let my robot die <laughs> yeah anyway, seriously vanisher teleports them in yeah so this is kind of neat like vanisher's powers are a little bit worse than nightcrawlers i think is how this is explained like he can only teleport to a place he can see like in his immediate vision or at least that's how they portrayed it here no i kind of felt like it just works like kurtz is like he needs to know how far the distance is. Yeah. I guess you're right because he does teleport Xavier back to the base earlier in the episode. So it is similar to Chris then. Okay, fair enough. But he he basically was like, I can't teleport us inside the building, but I can see through that window so I can take us up to that window because I can at least see where that is. So he does that. And then Bishop looks around and he knows where to go because he's been kidnapped here before. And we learn more about that later, which is cool. I mean, I don't think he was kidnapped here. I think his parents were kidnapped here. You're right. He explains that as well. His parents were detained here, which is interesting because it's only been 20 years. And I was like, this doesn't quite work because Bishop looks like a (laughs) 35-year-old man. And this is where he tells us that he was born in this facility. So I was like, so Bishop is like 18? I don't buy no, it. No, I think, has it been 20 years or has it been like 30, 40 years? Xavier's only been in a coma for 20 years. Oh, that's true. Also, a domino's here. Yeah. And so, so we, okay. this anyway. doesn't work at all. It doesn't. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a Here's, plot here's how I came it. up with No, Mr. Sinister came in. He actually aged him up and that's why he's like that. <laughs> Where is Mr. Sinister? Here's how I fixed it in my head. I was like, we've already seen some of the Sentinel things being built, and we've seen that Trask and other people kidnap mutants to experiment on them. So in my head, I was just like, let's assume that Bishop's parents were some really early MRD experiments and detainees, like really, really early. And they were kidnapped and put in this place really early on and so bishop was actually born here already do you know what i'm saying like in the past where where logan is now yes 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 okay so they're already kidnapped there do you know what i'm saying that's the only way this works right because otherwise it's like what and i feel like that is believable because we've already seen that many powerful mutants are being detained and studied so you're right so bishop is basically one of the very first casualties of this scenario because he's born there right. and is growing up there right. in the present that we're familiar with. I still like my version where Mr. Sinister found him <laughs> somewhere in the future and just like injected it. him. And he's like, now you've gone from 15 to 35. Ah, <laughs> yeah. You can thank me later. And then vanishes instead of actually helping. 
<laughs> I mean, in the comics, they basically just put all of this way, way further in the well, future. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Bishop grows up in a concentration camp and like this is the only life he ever knows. Whereas in this version, right. it hasn't been that long. So it's a little bit different. Uh, so outside, Mara's having a really touching moment where she hugs Rover and mm-hmm. he goes, destroy it's in a very cute. loving tone. I love that. Uh, and this is what this is what you're talking about where you, he reveals Bishop all that nonsense reveals about. reveals all that. Yeah. And yeah. Xavier's like, how long were you held here, Bishop? And Bishop says, most of my life, it's where I was born. And Xavier yeah. gasps. <laughs> and I gasp too, because I'm like, the timing doesn't work out at all. Time travel <laughs> is real-ish. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so they walk over to a room and Bishop is kind of staring at it for a second. And Xavier's like, was this yours? And Bishop is like, no, I was just a kid and not much of a threat. I didn't even get my powers till I was 14. No, this cell belonged to a mutant the machines were afraid of. And then we get a flashback to Logan. Yeah. Who is tied up in the cell with really long hair. Like in full bondage. <laughs> and he's just in there screaming. Yeah. And Xavier's like, Wolverine. And Bishop is like, he was hunting Master Mold and he got himself captured, hoping to find it here. And Xavier's like, did he? And Bishop's like, yes. Why do you think Master Mold needed a new body? Which, by the way, that was sort of the explanation for why this facility existed, was that Master Mold had to come here to, like, back up all of its data and rebuild itself because I guess Logan scratched the hell out of her. I don't know. That happened at some point. Was that the piece that we saw crawling in the woods before? I don't know. I thought about that, too. And I was like, was that? I don't but I don't what know. happened? I guess that would make sense. That would make sense. But also, like, I don't remember which X-Men destroyed that Sentinel in that episode because it kind of felt like they were all doing it. Apparently it was Logan. I, this is another thing about the show where I'm like, I wish this were a little better written. Like, I'm sorry, but I wish that these pieces connected into something that was, like, really clear. Listen, I'm not going to bash the writers because I feel like they were given, like, a shit train to work with here. And it's like, if they could just tell the story that they want to tell it then it probably would be a different show i mean i guess i don't mean writing i mean like show running and yeah. like big picture planning uh, well i guess so i just feel like we're still in the age of x-men origins wolverine and it really affected a lot of things i don't know yeah well I know. anyway bishop basically says that logan came back for him became his his bestie and came back time and time again to train bishop to be an x-man and raise him slash Date him? you know i don't, I don't know, know how like, we don't really understand what the point. fuck is happening and xavier is like wow yeah. that's a lot uh so they come up to a door that i guess the mainframe is in because helium breaks it open and we see these creepy pieces of like sentinels strewn about the room they're all clawed up by Wolverine, by the mm-hmm. way. So maybe this is later. I think this is what they're referencing is like whatever happened in this room, not whatever we thought before. Well, but I think you are right, though, that that robot crawls to make Master Mold because isn't that also what they say happens? Like Master Mold rebuilt. Uh, who the fuck herself? knows? I don't know. Are we going to really like see Master Mold again? Because don't we have to do the whole Dark Phoenix saga in the next remaining five episodes? I don't know. I don't know. We don't have that much time left. And I mean, to quote Katie Mack, how are they going to tie it all up? It was like stressing her out. It's kind of stressing me out because I'm like, there's a lot of shit going on here. And the next episode is like Gambit. Like Gambit comes back of all fucking characters. Oh, I know. But whatever. We like Gambit. I love him. But I look, I love everyone. But like, I don't know why there's so many plot lines, Ryan. Like, I'm overwhelmed. I am too. Although that's an important plot line because that's when Lorna starts questioning if she wants to stay on Genosha. I mean, is that important when the show's going to get canceled and we haven't even finished, like, setting anything up? Well, nobody knew that at the time. Anyway, so they come to a door 
They open it up, that what we just talked about, and the alarms go off immediately, yep. the mutant alarm. And Bishop's like, we have exactly one minute before more Sentinels show up. And so he calls up Marrow and he's like, send Rover in. But she doesn't answer because Marrow is leaving yes. with Rover and she throws the earpiece to the ground. And she's like, fuck it. I'm quitting. I'm quitting the X-Men. I'm leaving with my friend Rover. That's right. And then they just keep walking. Yeah. And the commercial break is Domino's. Domino's? Domino's. <laughs> the game. Domino's, Domino's. It's just Domino's. Yeah, it's like lucky, lucky Domino's, you know? It's like they always fall exactly the way you want to. Wait, how do you actually fucking play Domino's without like knocking them over? Isn't it an actual game? Yeah, I think you have to add certain pieces together, like each of the numbers on the pieces. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Jesus. Like, You're telling them? me to like do math? Yeah, it's like Sudoku all over again. You don't want to do this shit. Don't worry about it. I don't want to do that shit. <laughs> well, we're doing the dominoes where you knock things over and you can do really cool shit yeah. because there's dominoes. Yeah. It's dominoes, dominoes. So they do some gravity defying nonsense. Where Maybe they got magnets in them or something. I don't know how that would work in real life. I don't know. It's like you, you line them up on the ground and then there's some up on a shelf and somehow when it reaches the end of the line off the end of the shelf, it manages to land perfectly on the next set down below. It's like those. Have you watched those videos where those engineers build huge contraptions that move a ball across like a mile long stretch of all these weird contraptions? Mm-hmm. And then when it finally gets the like end, a Rube Goldberg machine, yeah, it's always awesome. Yeah, and then everybody screams at the end. That's Domino's Domino's. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so then we go back to the X Men in the facility, and Bishop finds the core, the data core that they're trying to steal, and Xavier in the background is just like, it doesn't appear that. Mero is coming, which is very funny. That like Saber's just like, has anyone He's else like, noticed that Mero's Mero? not answering the Mero's phone? Mero's not here. And Bishop is just like, whatever, we're dealing with it, okay? I love Bishop as like an annoyed manager. He he is very relatable to me. Um, and so then he's just like, Vanisher, can you teleport us out of here with the core? I like the idea that all the sentinels are a bunch of Karen's though. <laughs> yeah, and they're like <laughs> They're just getting in the way of these people trying to do their fucking jobs. Exactly. Vanisher is like, not without seeing our destination. We must move it outside first. And Bishop's like, then that's what we'll do. Uh, he's he's very like, whatever. Whatever the problem is, we're just going to solve it. Okay? I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> so then a sentinel walks in and is like, mutants inside. Halt, mutant. I will murder the shit out of you. And Bishop just like charges up upon being blasted and kills the sentinel. And it's fucking epic. Well, he throws himself in front of the beam. Yes. Because he wants to get hit absolutely because it's bishop i mean he's a great character to have on your team because like anybody that's going to shoot you with something he just absorbs that energy that's it and then shoots it back at them and kills them and there's this really cool shot of like this huge sentinel getting thrown head over heels by the blast from bishop and dying and it's pretty epic yeah and bishop just goes stay behind me and it's also very epic and cool and Hellion floats the data core with his uh, telekinetic powers so right. they can get it out. Right, which is important. Yes. And meanwhile, outside, Mero and Rover hear the explosion, and Rover turns around and goes, destroy? Yeah. And Mero goes, no, Rover, you can't survive it. You can't. Which is like lining up because, of course, they're going to come back at this point. Because clearly Rover is the one deciding, like, I want to go back. Like, this is the most we're really going to get, but... Yeah, like, okay, Rover is deciding that he wants to fight. Yeah. Which is actually pretty cool. cool. His AI is like pretty much fully functioning at this point as an independent AI. Mm -hmm. And he's making the decision on his own, even though Marrow is like, I don't want you to die. He's like, well, I'm making this choice for myself. And also I'm an X-Man, a machine and an X-Man. Also like download, get your flash drive out and like download my brain onto it. I don't know if they have that though. 
you know like they don't have that much stuff i really feel like this wasn't going to be the end of rover i think they were going to do more but we don't get to see it who knows maybe not Anyway, so we got to go back to this base where everybody's like being chased by sentinels. Yeah, there's a really long fight scene. I tried to write down all of it, but... I did not. It's like sentinels like blowing shit up and then the sentinels also blowing up. And that's really what you need to know is that eventually they get outside and there's more sentinels. But then Rover shows Mm -hmm. up and blasts those other sentinels away. And then there's like... My note here says Rover destroys a sentinel, then another sentinel. Rover is hit. Marrow freaks out. Then another sentinel shows up. It's like basically that for five straight minutes. Yeah. And Vanisher is slowly teleporting each of the X-Men away as this is happening because all they really need to do is get out of there with the data core. Right. Which is what they keep on trying to get back from the Sentinels. They keep reaching and picking it up and they're like, we got it. Now, it really feels like a fucking boss fight. I mean, it's a cool fight scene, but there are a whole lot of moving pieces to it and like different X-Men getting knocked out and like at one point Xavier is like shaking Vanisher to wake him back up. Yeah. Because he's like, if you're not awake, we are fucked. (laughs) Like, you are... (laughs) guy we kind of need you to do this shit yeah it's pretty scary but also like rover's a badass in this fight like he keeps getting hit and he just keeps getting back up from the power of love like it's like totally unrealistic that he keeps on fighting because he's a robot and his his resources are finite but he just keeps getting back up and it's like there's this dramatic moment where Marrow gets knocked over right in front of him. We can't even get there yet because at this point, Rover's been shot by the other Sentinels where his arm's been cut off. Yep. Pretty badass. And also his blaster isn't working on his other yeah. hand. So he's got like one arm that's like spewing light beams everywhere because his hand got cut off. And the other hand doesn't have a blaster that actually functions anymore. Right. And he gets knocked down. And then while he's lying there, Marrow gets knocked down. And he sees this and he like has this thing. He's like, no, my mom and like gets up and like starts using that hand that is spewing light. And he turns it into like a lightsaber and just starts slicing the sentinels in half, which is so fucking cool. And then a bunch of dogs show up and tackle him to the ground and start ripping off his metal. And Marrow's running over to him. And what happens when she gets over to him? So Vanisher also is nearby. Yeah. And he's like Mero we gotta get out of here and Mero's like we gotta save Rover and she like runs over to him and this is when he finally says a word that isn't destroy he just turns to her and says run and it's so sad it's so sad it is like really really sad <laughs> I was like I was sad for this robot I didn't cry but I was sad for the robot I was wondering if you would because it is a robot and Maddie Maddie loves her robots more I do than love people. robots I do love <laughs> robots more than people I deeply relate to Mero in this episode the person who's like he is one of us he is an x-man yeah and he is he is so she gasps because finally in his final moments he is like basically trying to protect the team so vanisher and marrow teleport and away and then we get oh we do get one more scene with logan i forgot about this one okay well this is like really funny it to me though, though. <laughs> even though it shouldn't be because it's Xavier's like hey logan so the apocalypse happens at 9.34 p.m. in eight days. And I was like, what the fuck? He literally <laughs> says 9.45 p.m. Why? I was like, where? <laughs> okay, I- I'm like Ooh, losing my what? mind at this because I'm like, so Charles... Okay, I get it. You know Jean's alive. But the thing is, they don't know where she is physically. <laughs> so, So can you like say any more information about that okay to be fair 
to be fair, and maybe this is what we're going to find out in the next episode or something, is that they do have Emma. Yes. And they okay. can be like, hey, Emma. Well, but she's been looking for Jean the whole fucking time and not finding her. So, like, what? I don't know. Like, whatever. Well, we saw Scott screaming at her to look for Jean Harder, and she was like, maybe Jean's fucking dead, dude. I can't find her. Do you remember that scene? <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. I do. It's just it's, her memories are gone, so she's not Jean right yeah. now. But it's really stupid because, like, oh, my God, just wait until we get to that episode because it really is, like, where's Jean? And it shows the X-Mansion, and then, like, pans over to the hospital, like, across the road, and it's like... <laughs> It's like, is it really that hard to find her? Whatever. I'm sorry. I love Emma, but I don't like that they nerfed her this much. They didn't check any hospitals this whole time to be like, hey, has a woman shown up that's red hair and amnesiac? Yeah, like, it's... They're just like, no, we're not going to check anywhere. We're just going to... Cyclops just leaves. Like, Logan disbands the X-Men, and they all run off, and Cyclops moves into that apartment where he never showers or does anything at all. I mean... Because he's too sad. Also, like... He's constantly showing these Polaroids of Jean. Like, could he just put up missing posters everywhere? And surely one of the nurses that works at the hospital would call the number. Oh, my God. Right. But instead, he's like chasing fucking like harpoon or whatever. Yeah, like down chasing the street, random redheads. Like, like, if he actually wanted to find Jean, couldn't he have just used normal human resources to do it? It really is like to the point where I'm like, why did they not try harder at all? They just assumed that she and Xavier disintegrated. Yeah. Like, have Jean be in a different country. Like, have her be really far away because otherwise it doesn't work you know right but also like if you know that Xavier's alive yeah and like you're like oh turns out he's alive maybe Jean's alive too right they have the internet now maybe Jean's alive and here hear me out maybe she's also in a coma just like Charles was could that be it <laughs> Could that be it? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, my God. Anyway, Ugh. so back in the future, Bishop is like, Xavier, was it worth it? And Xavier's like, yeah, you know much. Wolverine as well as I do. <laughs> now that he has a time frame, he'll make the right choices. And it's like, Xavier, you gave him like no information, but okay. Okay. Was it worth it, Xavier? I'm going to go ahead and say it barely was. Like, it barely was. Thanks for telling us that we were having the battle at 9.34 p.m. in eight days. Cool. That's a very Warcraft Valley it move. Is. It's like the war starts at 7 p.m. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and Bishops has this sad line where he's like, Meryl was right about Rover. He was one of us. He gave his all like an X-Man. And I was like, damn, Rover fucking died so we could find out the war was in eight days at 9.45. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, was I just feel like we should have gotten more out of this than that. Like, that's not really that much info. Like, <laughs> okay. So Mara's like crying yeah. next to Rover because he's dead. Yeah. And she's sobbing and hucking him. And she says, thank you, Rover, which is really sad. And then, and then three sentinels show up. And Mara's like, Tell Master Mold I can lead him to Charles Xavier, which is like, damn. <laughs> Honestly, I was still on her side here. Fuck. I was kind of like, yeah. Xavier didn't really do a good job explaining why any of this shit matters to like anyone and was like, yeah, we need to kill your robot friend. Don't <laughs> question it. <laughs> like, I feel like Xavier, I don't know. Like maybe he should have let the rest of the team in on this. But also Marrow knew about the future time travel thing and she the whole time she was like that's fucking stupid like she had been saying that from the jump she was like that stupid oh, yeah. old man i don't care about your weird plan i just care about surviving right now right and bishop is the one who's like no we got a time travel to fix this shit but Mara was never in favor of that so like i'm not really sure what xavier <laughs> thought this was gonna do or like she's like great some guy i don't know knows the war is in eight days at 9 45 i don't fucking care you killed my friend like <laughs> yeah, i don't know right. i just 
it's it's interesting. It's an interesting conflict. They don't have any information, I guess, in those databases that explain what caused or where, it or where it where did where, it start. Where did it start? <laughs> I guess the whole planet gets destroyed by the phoenix suddenly. So like, only robots survive. I guess so. I guess who fucking knows. I literally don't know. This show, honestly, if that's what happened, I feel like they should have told us that, for one. Or done any kind of more lead up to it, which has been my biggest issue. Yes. I've been saying it since the beginning of this episode, where I'm like, these episodes need to be more tightly run together, because, like, what the fuck now? We had five episodes to introduce the Dark Phoenix. Like, Yeah, it's Is it the Dark Phoenix, or is it just the Phoenix? We don't even know. I don't know, and also... Xavier seems like a person who's like underinformed, but acting as though he's extremely informed, which is like classic Xavier, where he's like, I know. Well, I saw a fire in Genosha, and One that seems like a Jean Grey thing. So let's just kill her and see if that does anything. And it's like, you're just trying random shit to see if you can change your save state. Like, this is real people's lives, not a video game, Xavier. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He's like, okay, so like, try killing Senator Kelly. See if that does anything. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, He's like, listen, I play Resident Evil right now and yep. I keep on hacking it to see. He's like, just installing mods. Yeah, right. That's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> and like changing his outfit in the future repeatedly. <laughs> like wearing different stuff. He's like, by the way, can you see if you can save Magneto? No reason. Um, but I <laughs> no, it's like Xavier. It's like this is this is the apocalypse with Xavier, except he's been skinned over by Magneto, so it looks like it's Magneto surviving this situation, but it's Xavier's voice. <laughs> Just like random hacks. I don't know. I <laughs> Meanwhile, Bishop is just in a thon. That's his hack. Yeah, they, they all have like the Resident Evil, like unlockable sexy outfits now. They're all wearing like loincloths and shit. So I, I like yeah. this episode. I'm not sure how to score when, it. When, when, <laughs> Maddie, oh I'm sorry. When the Sentinels show up, they're just all Shrek. <laughs> what? what? Because all Why? those videos where people like hack things. So like the monster turns into Shrek. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a Shrek mod for the sentinels of course Xavier exactly. would install that Duh. and it plays fucking all-star every single time anyway <laughs> um what are you gonna rate this episode oh it's a five out of five it's perfect i mean i think it's really good and it reminds me that i wish that this was the show mm-hmm. it's not the show i mean i'll give it a five but i am kind of like I wish that they had built up to any of the things that happened in this episode, which is weird because I'm giving it a five, but I'm like, well, but that's not this episode's fault. That's like the overarching, like I plot line that doesn't connect. I think the episode's really good. It would have, it would have worked as a standalone episode if we didn't have the lead up and we were like, Oh, we want to watch more of the show and see how they got there. Unfortunately, if you did that, you don't get that information <laughs> on this episode. It seems to work. I gave it a five out of five. I thought all the animation with the robots was great. I thought, the emotional stakes were high for Marrow and having a friend in this apocalyptic world that she was training and clearly it was coming to its own and then fucking Xavier and Bishop killed it. I keep saying that this show would have been so much better if it was just in the future and then they were like flashbacking in these save states for like five to six minutes to see like what happened to the X-Men why are they mm-hmm. all dead and then finding like the remnants of them. Yeah like commit to the video game thing. Yeah. Have people constantly changing stuff in the past and see if it does anything. Just like do yeah, that the just, whole time. That's Around, he finds a bunch of different iPhones and each iPhone has like a different video clip on it and he's like what's this weird thing and they're like don't touch that it's an iPhone anyway <laughs> yeah do that do that 
<laughs> basically just listen to all the voice files you know listen to all the podcasts from the past that tell you when the phoenix showed up and that'll help right, you or out walk around a bunch of different facilities and pick up all the different notebooks and read everybody's journal entries yeah I mean, xavier's already doing that he's like acting like it's fucking skyrim where he's like where he had like built a library of books that he was like sitting around reading i don't know if you ever did that maddie where there's like three thousand books in skyrim that are like fully written books that you can read at any point in time mm-hmm. and i know if you collect them all then that's like fun for some people not me but i do understand that back when i was playing skyrim i was still drinking so i was just collecting all the different kinds of alcohol and putting it all over my house and i thought that was funny so (laughs) that and swords it was alcohol and swords well i guess i'll give this a five i am kind of sad about this show overall but i feel like that's a different way of thinking about it but that's we're not reading the overall show right now we could do that in our review episode and be like maddie is it a five out of five maddie goes no it's a 3.5 out of five i don't know what i'm gonna give it it's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, well, who's gay? The X-Men are a lot of things. And one of those things is being gay. But sometimes it goes beyond symbolic. And the X-Men can be homoerotic. But which X-Men is the gayest today? I mean, opening this up right off the bat, Scott and Logan. Yeah, I mean, like Scott they and Logan were like okay. Logan basically was like, "I'm gonna tell you to go down on me, bitch," and it was like, "Whoa!" Well, like, and, like what's Scott was here? into it, but Scott is also like crying, having a tough time. Poor yeah, he's like, Scott. "Where's Jean? Where's our girlfriend Jean?" We, like, they can't function. It's so weird. It's like they cannot function unless the full, the quadruple, full, yeah, the quadruple set needs to all be present in order for them to function, as Krakoa has proven. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting that in this version of reality, Logan is just kind of like, "I guess I have to kill Jean." Like, he does kind of agree in the end with Xavier, even though he's like, he nods. He's like, okay. Uh, I think Logan's like, okay. I don't know if I'm going to actually fucking do that. (laughs) Or he just kind of nods and is like, I'm nodding assent, but not like I'm going to do what you said there. I mean, it's like also not an exciting stake for somebody that knows the X-Men because like how many times does Logan have to fucking kill Jean Grey? It's It's a good point. And it's like, they're like, he's the only one who can because he's healing. Meanwhile, she's like ripped him up into like a billion pieces. And it's like, it's just like a metal skeleton walking towards her. I mean, this is X3 all over again. The metal skeleton walking towards her. I mean, it's, it really does feel like this is a series of plot points that would happen post X3. Yeah. And pre Days of Future Past, which I do think they probably watched this and were like, let's kind of take some inspiration from this, you know? With the we we didn't even mention it, but they do show one of the Wolverine Sentinels healing again in this episode. And it's always creepy when they show that. They do do that. And you're right that I think Days of Future Past must have borrowed it from this show because they had to find a show that did war of that. I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it's entirely plausible because in this yeah. show, the Sentinels are like capable of mutating themselves, which is pretty cool. I like how we like, this was us talking about who's gay. And then for some reason we're like, you know, Jean Grey and Logan together. I mean, like that's not gay. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, I think that was it. There's nothing else gay happening here. Yeah. I mean, there's Bishop and Logan having their backstory where we kind of don't know what their deal was, but this is, this is not like a queer coded episode. This is just like the apocalypse at this point you know it's like zombie apocalypse there's no time for people to be gay yeah we're trying to like not be eaten by sentinels right now that's what's happening and this mm-hmm. sentinel's fucking shrek which is terrifying yeah all the sentinels are shrek now which again isn't gay it doesn't really have anything to do with that but is scary is very very scary it is very very scary 
I guess you're right. I guess it's just Logan and Scott. Yeah. And we got to leave it there. Yeah. Next week's episode, though, Gambit's coming back. You psyched? Yeah, that episode is called Aces and Eights. And I do like that episode. It's one where Gambit plays Polaris. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you say you like it now, because I feel like when you first told me about it, you were like, Gambit is so evil in that episode that you kind of had mixed feelings about it. He is. I mean, he's Gambit. But this is like a different version of Gambit. This is like X-Men Evolution Gambit where he never really quite joined the X-Men. So he's yep. just kind of a criminal. Still still evil for now, but like maybe he'll switch sides later. But for now, he's like, hey, I'm doing it for the paycheck, baby. Right. I feel I feel like they were going to do something with him in the future in season two because like that is an important component at some point in mm-hmm. the actual comic books where they're like, because they were trying to figure out like, who created the apocalypse in the first place and yes. they said gambit may have had a part of that and like that was like a whole thing for a while and then yep. it turned out that he wasn't so like i feel like they were going to build up to that and mm-hmm. have him do like this like shady like merchant thing yeah i think you're probably right and i also think you can't have a show with this much cool rogue stuff on it and not eventually have that road lead back over to gambit when they're both on the show right and have them like date especially i know this doesn't take place in the canon of x-men evolution but like the groundwork has been laid for the fans in terms of those two, even right. in a more recent television show with the same creative team. So I feel like right. that's enough to be like, yeah, in season two, they must have been hoping for Gambit to come back around and be like, yeah, maybe I should be a good guy. TBD. I mean, they just didn't have time because Rogue was off doing her own thing where she was also being a criminal with uh-huh. the Brotherhood. And, and fucking Domino. Dom. Right. Yeah. So that was happening. And then Domino was like, don't leave me, baby. And Rogue's like, but I got to go back to the X-Men, sugar. Oh, don't touch me. You can't touch me. Otherwise, I'll take your paws in your mind. Anyway, I'm going to touch you anyway and do it anyway. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's going to be Aces and Eights next week. I'm excited to yeah. see Gambit back because we literally me haven't too. seen him since that one episode. Thieves <laughs> Gambit the Fast that he was Furious. in. The Fast oh, and the Furious episode. <laughs> And that was ages ago. That was. Like months and months ago in our time. Well, speaking of time, is it that time to close out this show? You know it is. plug everything? You I think know it, it is. is. Listen, listeners, you're listening and it's time for the plugs. Maddie, plug it away. Mutantages.com or themutantages.com. Both all websites anal, you can go to. For all anal all the time. <laughs> and by all anal, I mean... A pretty non-sexual website where you can like download episodes of our show. Could be sexy depending on who's yeah. Could who's be sexy. It. I mean, it is sexy in the sense that we are an X-rated X-Men show. That part's sexy. I but feel like there's no way to do an X-Men show that's not X-rated. Probably I mean, they not. They kind of lay it out in the comic books that way. So they do, but also we add in a lot more anal sex than is even present on the animated series that we watch. Well, you know, just saying. Unfortunately, we're not there yet, but someday. Well, Scott and Logan are entering Pound Town just off screen in this app. So I feel like that's fair to say. And in the comics. Yeah. They just won't let them enter Pound Town anytime. They're like, well, maybe they are, but we're just going to only insinuate it. And it's like, oh, just fucking let get get one panel of them in bed together. That's all anybody wants. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I agree. So anyway, if you agree with that as well, you should probably email us at themutantages at gmail.com or you should join our Discord server, which is fun. We talk, we have people talking about the episodes in there. We have people sending in listener mails. There's listener mail uh, question uh, channel in the server. We've also got like an MCU spot where you can talk about She-Hulk or whatever you want. Um, also, we have a voicemail inbox, one 508 and a P.O. box where you could send us physical mail. Yeah, we love it when you do that. That's P.O. box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. People can send us whatever they want. 
postcards, Mr. Sinister figurines, comic books. Send them in. Send them in. And uh, we've got all kinds of social media where you can also send us listener questions if you want to, by the way. Uh, We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok. I think I said them all. Yeah, we're on all of them. We're the mutant ages on all of them. I am at Mitty Myers on all those places. And you? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, usually you're like, you follow it up much faster. You're like... Well, I wasn't going to. I kind of said it in a way where I was like, Ryan's going to talk now. But you were just spacing out. (laughs) She's like, are you going to pick up what I put down? I'm like, what time is it? (laughs) Where are we? Oh, my God. (laughs) What is this? Uh, You can find me at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm also there on YouTube and Twitch, but also more importantly go to the mutant ages youtube it's a good time uh we were putting all sorts of videos up there we played through all the x-men video games we're gonna read uh more screenplays that were um produced there were a lot of them before we actually landed with x-men 2000 and then there were some later such as like an entire movie about beast fighting the wendigo was a thing that was written And it just didn't get produced. Oh my God, Thank we God. have to do that one. I know. That sounds I know. like it's going to drive you fucking insane. Yeah. And that sounds great to me. So we need to read that on the channel. Okay. But also, we did read The Dazzler. You did? What, it, it wasn't a script. It was a treatment. It was a treatment. Yeah. It was like right. an, a concept for a script, which I'm also kind of glad that didn't get made because that script treatment was just bizarre. Well, apparently, it's going to be an animated movie. Who even knows? But yeah. you can go watch all that. Most importantly, you can go watch Demon and D2, which is the high school movies that Maddie and I made that mm-hmm. were X-Men parodies uh, that we keep referencing all the time, as do all our friends. And we're always converting people into Demon fans. Although, if you want to watch those actual versions without Maddie's and my commentary, which, why would you do that? We're hilarious. Uh, you can find those both on our Patreon. <laughs> That's right. Good transition. Thank we you. have a Patreon. We also have a store, by the way. We put the links to the store in the episode description if you want to buy t-shirts with Bishop on them, our favorite character on this show, saying time travel is real. But also we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the mutant ages, where we have bonus episodes. We got behind the scenes stuff, blooper reels, and also D-Men without the commentary from us is available as well. Um, and our highest or Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. Destroy, 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 <laughs> Samuel B. Destroy, 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 Soren B. Destroy, 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 Zach S. Destroy, 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 destroy. Oh my God. Thank you so much to those Patreon supporters. Destroy. Destroy. <laughs> Love it. Destroy. Um, and if you cannot afford to support the show. Destroy. And get a shout out from Rover, the one and only. Uh, we understand. But please review the show. Leave us a five star rating if you please. Because that is how people find the show. First of all. Destroy. <laughs> oh my God. Are you going to do that for the rest of the time? Destroy. Destroy you next time. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, or share the show on your personal social media. Please. That's right. And uh, oh shit, I messed it up. I said <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say destroy. Man, I'm bad at this. It's okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's our show. This has been another that's episode. It. Thanks for watching, listening. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen, can you tell I'm also a YouTuber? It's like thank you really for obvious. joining us for a phone call on the astral plane yet again. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you at the next safe state.
Bye. Right. See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. The new